So uh, we're going to begin in Romans this morning, chapter 9, and begin in verse 15. It's for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So basically, he had just told us previously about the twins that hadn't been born yet and that Jacob he loved and Esau he hated. And so many people are trying to find the favor of God and understand that God makes it very plain and understanding that you know, it is his it is his sovereignty um, in where he bestows mercy and compassion. And in that sovereignty, he chose to show that mercy to a world um, that did not deserve mercy. Mercy is getting something that you don't deserve, something that you have um, no hand in. And in sending Jesus Christ so that we not would not suffer God's uh, wrath, because, again, understand that, as we talked about in Sunday school, that condemnation came um and and so that is how God has judged the world due to sin. Um, we're condemned because of sin. And I think that's a message that has been forgotten in our world today, that this is about sin. And um, the reason we get God's mercy is because he's given us something. He's given us um, in a way, a way out of that penalty of death and a way out of of, of suffering his wrath uh, through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the mercy of God. Um, we, a lot of times we want to bring the mercy of God as a physical thing, but understand that this is a spiritual thing that God bestows upon us, that he gives us because there was a holy, righteous love that he gave his son, that he would have mercy upon us. And he says, I'll have compassion on who I have compassion again seeing the compassion of God, you know, a lot of people look at what happens in our life physically and say, well, where's the mercy of God and where's God's compassion? You have to understand that this is a universal compassion that he's bestowed upon mankind um, by sending his son to do something for us that we could not do. He laid out the law very plainly uh, and says, keep this law, keep my commandments, keep my statutes. And because the law was written, this is what the Holy Spirit uses that we talked about, that he's going to convict the world of their sin. So when you begin to read scripture and you read that thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal and thou shalt ne'er bear false witness against your neighbor, um, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, love your neighbor as yourself, turn the other cheek, uh, go the extra mile, uh, don't become stained by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, deny yourself daily. When you put all these things together and you try to live those out, you're like, whoa, I can't do all of this. Um, that's impossible. And that's why God wrote, you know, what's impossible with man is only possible with God. And we have to understand that this mercy is bestowed upon us because of God's love, not anything we bring to the table. And sometimes uh, we forget that. And I think that sometimes this is a reason why God allows us to fail is so that we come back to his mercy and his grace. That grace is not getting the punishment that we deserve. The mercy is getting something that we don't deserve. Um, so, you know, in his in his um, um, uh, grace, you know, he says, 
I will not punish you because my son became sin on your behalf that you might become my righteousness. And so many people uh, don't understand what that means to become God's righteousness. Um, that means through the holy works, through the Holy Spirit, uh, he takes his flesh and he puts it to death so that we might walk above sin. And um, so I like this passage of scripture. And then it goes on in 16 to kind of back up what I'm saying. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs. See, if we if our focal point is now becoming obedient and we should become obedient to the scripture, but it should become that obedience should come out of our nature, not against our will. OK, um, so many people are trying to become obedient to God. But that's not where their nature's at. That's not their not their, their will. Their will has not become God's will. And so you see God's mercy and God's compassion. I can't do anything to merit that. He just absolutely bestows that upon us because that's what he wanted to do from a holy righteousness. Okay. So understand that so many people try to gain uh God's mercy and grace and compassion by by sacrificing. Um, God never asked me to sacrifice one thing for him to obtain what he's given to this world. Uh, and that's that's the mind boggling thing about God's love. I just I, I can't understand it in my mind uh, in the flesh that I was born with, because why in the world would he even consider man? When he once said, why I am so sorry I even ever made man. And yet, because of his holiness, his righteousness, because he made a promise, uh, and he can't lie, he kept that promise so that we would be able to, to enjoy. And we're supposed to enjoy uh, the mercy and the compassion of God. Um, it's not to become a, a um, I guess, a noose around our neck or, or, or shackles around our ankles. Um, this is something that's supposed to flourish within us and become natural um, when we go out and do these good deeds, but it's really unnatural. Uh, we have to force ourselves to do it. Then it's like Paul said, it's an obligation. Paul never wanted his ministry to become an obligation. He wanted to be out of the natural um, uh, repercussions of that mercy and grace that uh, was, bestowed, was bestowed upon him because of Jesus Christ. Um, so again, remember, it doesn't depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but it depends on God who has the mercy. So again, accept that, understand that, that we are saved through, through, through faith uh, by God's mercy and grace, uh, period. Can't add anything to that. that that's where it stops, okay? Um, his salvation comes out of the fact that he brought it to us um, and we didn't deserve it. Um, but what happens after we're saved, you know, and that's where Paul spent a lot of his time working is, well, what happens after we're saved? You know, so many people think that going on a mission trip or working at the food bank, uh, teaching a Sunday school class, becoming a pastor, um, becoming an evangelist or something like that is the aftermath of being saved when, that has nothing to do with being saved in the focal point of salvation. 
the focal point of salvation is now taking on the righteousness of God in our life and being holy and righteous so that our acts are seen in the flesh of what's happened uh, internally with us, that we have a new nature. Uh, let's look at Colossians 2, 9 through 15. So it begins, uh, for in him, just talking about Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So when he became flesh and dwelt among us, um, that he was still God and he was still had the Holy Spirit um, in his life. Uh, he had the spirit of God because God was his father. He had the nature of God. You and I don't have the nature of God. Uh, we have the nature of our fathers, which is contrary to God. Uh, we're enemies of God uh, by nature. So in him, all fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you've been made complete. See, we're born incomplete. And we have to understand that our children are born incomplete. We are, are incomplete. Uh, we were supposed to be spiritual beings and we are born not spiritual. Okay, there, there's nothing in God in us. Okay, there's no goodness in us. Um, there's no one good, no, not one. And so uh, he goes on to say uh, he is the head overall and rule and authority. God had granted him that position. He did not take that position by himself. God bestowed that upon him. And gave him specific instructions on how to carry out that specific ministry that he gave him. Jesus did not make choices on his own. Uh, Jesus only did what he was told to do um, through the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Um, and in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Um, in the removal of the body of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ. So again, in that first covenant, the Jewish men had to be circumcised, which was removal of the partial removal of the flesh. The problem is it wasn't a total removal of the flesh. So that's why the law is weak in itself. Now, the law is spiritual because it leads to the spiritual uh, truths of God, uh, but because only partial part of the of the flesh was removed uh man still had a problem they could not carry out the ways of god because it just wasn't in their nature a dog cannot fly they just can't they don't have that nature and uh so you have to understand that the nature you are born with is why you do what you do and you can't help it, okay? Uh, the homosexual can't help that. The uh, the thief can't help it. The liar can't help it, okay? Uh, the immoral person can't help it. Um, and yet the church wants so often to judge those folks because they've forgotten that they were once that person that could not help it. The only way we got help through it was by reading the scripture and the Holy Spirit convicting us of that of the sin in our life but he's convicting us of the nature we have 
yes, we have specific sins and everybody has those specific sins that they deal with. Um, but it's the nature that God is convicting us about. That's why he says, if you're guilty of one part of the law, you're guilty of all the law because it just depicts our nature. Uh, our nature cannot and will not um, carry out the standards and the statutes of God. And you can't do it in the flesh. And this is where religion comes in. Religion is nothing more than a flesh attempt to carry out and please God. That's what religion is. Man's attempt to please God. God said, you can't do that. You cannot please me in the flesh. Therefore, if you want this relationship, I have to do it for you. So I will give you my mercy. I will give you my grace. I will give you my spirit through that born again experience, through that, through that new birth experience that we have that causes a total removal of the flesh from us. Now, unfortunately, we still have this vehicle of flesh, but who we are now has been totally removed from that flesh. And this is the reality. And by faith, we walk in that, that we have been totally removed from the flesh. So therefore, there's a sanctification process that setting apart, apart process by which God brings us through through the things of our life to now, once we've received that great mercy and that great gift, now it begins to work in us and through us so that it becomes evident about us. Okay, so that but if you haven't been circumcised, you're not a child of God. Okay, now again, the Jewish people try to hold on to the law and the physical circumcision and not the spiritual circumcision. This is talking about a spiritual circumcision in which God totally removes the flesh from us and its hold upon us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness that we might walk in a manner of our calling. Having been buried with him in baptism. So why do we bury people? Because they're dead. It doesn't do, it doesn't, it's not good to bury live people, okay? <laughs> uh, we bury dead people. And so when Christ became sin that's the only time in his life that he became like us he who knew no sin became sin so that he could represent us so that's why he had to die okay sin causes death so he was we were buried with him in his baptism uh, a baptism is an immersion. Uh, it's, it's being uh, immersed in uh, the truth of, of, of what happened on the cross for us. So we were buried with him in baptism. This is a spiritual baptism. Okay. Um, not a physical baptism. Okay. So everything that Christ did upon that cross has a spiritual nature, not a physical one. OK, um, in which you also raised up with him through faith. So when he was raised, we also are raised with him. To walk in a newness of life. OK, 
So he who knew no sin died, went to the abyss, uh, freed the captives, um, was raised to, to walk again as he was unblemished before he became sin. When he was raised, he was raised again in the perfection of God. Okay? Um, so when he became sin, he said, my father, why have you forsaken me? Because he became sin. It was a nature that he had never experienced before. It was a nature that God could no longer associate with until he was raised again to walk in the newness of life, which he once was. So understand that is the implication for our life is we were crucified with Christ uh, in our flesh. We were buried, and then we are raised to walk in that newness of life that he gave us. And understand this is through faith, the assurance of things not seen, conviction of things not seen, assurance of things hoped for. Again, these, this, is your, this is your faith through faith in the working of God. We got to remember, Jesus Christ was the was a substitutionary uh, penalty. Uh, paid that penalty for us, substituted for us. But it's the workings of God that does all of this, not the workings of Jesus. Okay, and and this is where I think the world makes a fake Jesus, a physical Jesus that doesn't exist. Because understand, this is in the working of God who raised him from the dead. If God had not raised Jesus from the dead, God, then you are not going to be raised from the dead. Jesus doesn't raise you from the dead. Jesus doesn't give you the newness of life. Jesus just prepared the way so that you could have the newness of life. Scripture is very clear that we are God's workmanship, not Jesus's workmanship. Okay, so we have to understand where that power comes from. It comes from God. Holy Spirit is an instrument of God. Jesus Christ was an instrument of God. And this is how you bring this all together. And this is why we get together and we worship. Because of the gratitude that we have for what God had done. Through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we have to go through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how God said it has to be done. No one comes to the Father, but through Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, when you were dead in your transgressions. See, when, when we were born, we were dead in our transgressions. Um, no one taught us how to lie. No one taught us how to be immoral. Um, no one taught us how to, to, to be... To be uh, uh, prideful, uh, arrogant, um, self-serving. No one taught us that. That's just a natural thing for us. So when you are dead in transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us of our transgressions. Okay? So our sins have been forgiven. Okay? And... The appropriation of that, again, you have to be taught by God. 
Uh, you have to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Um, you have to be be guided through this whole process by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then you have to be sealed by the Holy Spirit, that new birth experience. Okay. Um, so that's how the application of the forgiveness is given to you. The forgiveness of sins for all mankind has been taken care of. But that individual application of it has to go through how God tells us in the other passage of scriptures in his word. So what he did, he canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. I don't think anybody realizes what it means to fall under the wrath of God. God can be angry. And when God is angry, God is angry. That's why he wrote the, oh, can you get this though? So that's why he wrote um, the, the Old Testament and, and, and left that for us. Look at the wrath of God through all the Old Testament. Huh? Killed 30,000 in one day, took his chosen people, put them under captive, uh, let Egypt um, uh, treat them badly for all those years. Um, as they disobeyed him, um, you know, in, in the wilderness, uh, I mean, time after time after time again, um, he, he, he not only killed them, he, he made them sick, um, trying to, 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 to bring them back to him. Um, so he, he canceled out that certificate of debt, um, which was hostile toward us and he has taken it out of the way. He nailed it on the cross. Okay. So that's a done deal. What Christ did is a done deal. It's a fact of humanity. We have to get past it. We have to get past the elementary teachings of, of Christ. Even the scripture tells us to do that. We cannot keep hanging on the cross with Christ. We have to, 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 to now live that life that he called us to live as his children. Get past the cross. Quit hanging on the cross. You have been raised with Christ to walk in that newness of life. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them. You know, they thought they won. When they when they put him on that cross, when they beat him to a pulp, tried to kill him before they put him on the cross. Uh, no one could kill him because he gave his life. Uh, so they couldn't even kill him if they wanted to. Um, and, and he did that and it made a public display when, when he, when he raised from the dead and he's shown himself in all these five, I think it was 500 that came out of the grave, the first resurrection that came out with him. So think about all these dead people, 500 dead people walking around your town that have been dead for who knows how long. And here they are alive. He made a public spectacle out of all these rulers and all these high priests and all these folks that 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 played into God's hand to put him on the cross he made a public and he disarmed them you can't kill this thing uh you know Paul and and Peter and James all had it, it, they called it a sect you know, a sect was just a what a group of people get together and and it and it's a fly by night thing that it's here one day and gone the next. Well, 
that wasn't Christ. You you couldn't defeat uh, what was going on. But in their minds, they, they did defeat it. But again, as you know, as what we've been able to experience thousands of years later, uh, Jesus Christ is still the greatest controversy there is in mankind. Doesn't have to be. That's the sad thing about this. He doesn't have to be a controversy. Because he wrote it out very plainly that if you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and you allow the Holy Spirit and you give up your arrogance and pride and your knowledge and your and your fleshly wisdom and you become poor in spirit and broken in spirit. And you can have this. You can have this. But you got to come to the end of yourself. Let's look at uh, Philippians 3. 7 through 16. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's go to Romans 6, 1 through 6 first. Okay. I want to I want to go there first. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so grace may increase? It's a good question. Uh, if you read above there just a little bit, it says, through one transgression, through one's man transgression, many were made unrighteous. But through one's man obedience, many were made righteous. So the unrighteousness became because of one man and righteousness became because of one man. So now he's saying that if this is the way it is and, and God's grace was so amazing because where there's more unrighteousness, there's more grace. So should we continue to sin so God can be gracious? Makes sense, doesn't it? If God likes to give us grace and we make God happy because of all that grace he's given us, then should we continue in sin so he can be more gracious? That's basically what Paul's asking here. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. And understand there's an exclamation point after that. <laughs> may it never be. What, what are you talking about? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? He's just asking a simple question. He's Okay, so if what we've just read, that you were crucified with Christ, so you died with him, and this experience, this, this supernatural experience that you've had causes you to die to yourself, raised to walk in that newness of life, not conform to this world, transformed by the renewing of your mind you have the mind of christ the heart of god then how is it if you have died to sin shall you still live in it see this is where you now have to be very i guess delicate in how you handle that word of truth when you have your homosexual pastors um, that are that continue to live that lifestyle or the people that are still um, you know aborting babies uh, these Christian doctors that are aborting babies uh, just at the will of the mother um, and, and and we're still lying cheating stealing I mean there's no 
there's no remorse. There's no godly sorrow that leads to repentance. This is where you got to start putting all the scriptures together to be able to understand this, this great mercy and grace that God gave us. Um, you still live in it. And we're talking about practicing it. We're talking about still being uh, controlled by it, uh, not released from that bondage of that sin. Um, it may interrupt your life from time to time, but it doesn't control you. But when you allow your own nature to be in control, then how can you say that you have died with Christ is what Paul is saying. He's bringing something very practical to our lives in saying, okay, folks, how can you say you're going to heaven? How can you say you're not, that, you're, that you've got a relationship? See, what we've allowed the world to do is to say, I believe in Jesus Christ. Or I acknowledge God or I acknowledge Jesus Christ. And it's not the acknowledgement of, of Christ that saved you. It's the born again experience. It's that being sealed by the Holy Spirit that makes you the new creature, not you. Remember, it's not based on what you do. It's based on his mercy and his grace. So therefore, it's not based on you acknowledging anything. You acknowledging God and you acknowledging Christ and saying you believe in him does absolutely nothing for you. If it doesn't go to the point where it causes this death in your life. And, and, and he said you can't still live in it. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ has been baptized into his death? We've been immersed with him into this spiritual baptism, which creates a new life in us, a new nature in us. Therefore, we have been buried with him through the baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory. Who's the glory? Glory of the Father. Why? 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 Tell me why, please. So that we too might walk in the newness of life. It should become natural. Over time, it should become natural. But when we use the flesh to focus on the obedience, over time, it's going to become, you're going to become disgruntled. Um, you're going to lose your zeal. Um, you're going to get frustrated. Um, God wants us to focus on his mercy and his grace and his great thing that he did for us. And he doesn't want the obedience to become the, the, the focal point of our relationship. That folk that, that obedience should come as a natural response to the to the to the goodness that God gave us. Does that make sense? But yet so many people are, are so trapped and and and, and 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 they get so depressed and they get so distraught because they can't do this. Well that's the point where God wants you to come. You can't do any of this. None of it. For if we have become united with him, see, we understand, we, we, we were, un, we're united with him. We're not alone. In the likeness of his death, certainly we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, 
so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. This is not taught. This is not preached. And therefore, you got a lot of folks going around just acknowledging Jesus Christ, going on mission trips, uh, doing all these good deeds, uh, thinking that somehow there's a credit to them that God owes them. And they will stand before God and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Don't think it doesn't happen. Again, read Matthew chapter seven. Uh, if you're basing everything that you've got uh, on nothing more than God's mercy and grace, then you don't have this. But we're no longer slaves to it. For he who has died is freed from sin. Wow. Wow. Colossians 3. 1 through 10. Real quick. Again, just showing you that this is a truth of scripture and was written in other places. It wasn't just picking out one scripture and making a doctrine out of it, but is a true truth of God. Therefore, if you have been raised, see, he always put like this. And this is what if I if I counsel somebody. So you always take it back. Are you a child of God or not? I didn't ask if you profess Christian. I didn't ask if you believed in Jesus Christ. I didn't ask if you believe in God. I said. Are you a new creature? Have you been born again? You always take a problem situation that you're having with. I don't care who it is. Have you been born again? Because if not been born again, then I don't I can't help you. OK. Nobody can help you. You're just looking for somebody to agree with you. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, what's he doing there? Interceding for us. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. The things that trouble people that don't have this born again experience shouldn't trouble me and you. What should trouble me and you is are we spiritually healthy? Do we pass the test? And then those that are around us, where are they at spiritually? See, our life should take a transformation off of us and onto others and to care about them. Not just to care about them physically, but where are they at spiritually? Doesn't do me good to help somebody physically if I haven't been a spiritual blessing to them as well. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Again, taking this back to his proper perspective. We're not to stay in Christ. We understand that it's, to, it's, it's because of God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, it has to be revealed. You cannot get it by studying. 
You cannot get it by, by being educated. You cannot get it any other way than a revelation. Just like Paul got it. I did not get this from man, he said. It was revealed to me. And if you don't sit down with scripture, and if it's not revealed to you, you don't have this, and you're going to die and go to hell, I'm going to put it very bluntly uh, out there. If there's not been a revelation of all of this to you in your life, and you followed, followed the, uh, the protocol of religious church, you're going to die and go to hell. Then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So only if it's revealed to you, will you be revealed in glory. So it's a revel it's a revelation process. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it's because of these things that the wrath of God will become upon the sons of disobedience. I don't know how much more plain that can be. It needs no explanation. God expects something different to happen in our lives. He doesn't want us to just acknowledge him, but he wants the new birth experience to mean something, to cause a repentance. But again, don't allow that obedience to become your religion. You hear what I said? Don't allow obedience to become your religion. Don't try to deny yourself when you really don't want to deny yourself. Don't read scripture when you don't want to really read scripture. Don't come to worship when you don't really want to worship. See what happens if you're not, Satan will turn this and your obedience will become your God. When your obedience should be a natural fruit. Isn't that cool stuff? Huh? That's neat. That's something to get excited about. Is I understand that he did this all for me when there was no reason for it. But yet, what I get excited about is not where I've come from, but where I'm headed. So you got to leave that behind and look to the future. So when you mess up, you thank God for his mercy and his grace that that's what saved you, not your being obedient. Obedience doesn't come until after you're saved. 